We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back, folks. We are joined by Raphael Goyaneci, president of the Metropolitan Crime Commission. Rafi, welcome to the show. Hey, my pleasure, Newell. Merry Christmas to you and your audience. Thank you, sir. The same to you and your family. We wish you guys the best. I think this is going to be the last time you and I speak uh, this year. So yep. in light of that, um, this was an interesting year, right? Oh, yeah, that, that's a you know, polite way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> it's been trying, but, you know, it's progress. I mean, I think it's ending on a high note. I mean, for so long, and I've been coming on your show for, for a couple of years, it's been about week after week, month on the month uh, of crime going up, and really, it's been a pleasure to talk about some of the declines in crime that we've experienced so far this year. I'm not ready to declare victory, nor is anybody else that works in the criminal justice system, but I'd rather talk about crime trending down than trending up, and uh, I think that's a, a positive way to look at the way that uh, the year appears to be ending. I mean, so far this month, and, and I don't want to jinx the city. Uh, Knock on some wood first. <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, there's been one homicide in 2023 in December this month. Last month, I'm sorry, last year in December, we had 27 homicides. Yeah. That's, uh, that's progress. And big if deal. we finished... If we finish the year at the current homicide rate, uh, uh, total number that we have, 204, uh, we will have fewer homicides than we had uh, in 2020. So, uh, so that's a uh, that's a plus. Yeah. No, for sure, and, and it is. Um, but there, there also. We had a lot of friction, right, uh, both politically and otherwise, on a number of issues between the administration, the council, and others um, that uh, I think brought things to the forefront, caused uh, pause, reflection, and correction in many ways. Your thoughts? All right. So we would rather be able to focus all of our time and attention, and I'm talking about the public, criminal justice officials, and uh, you know the media, like yourself, just talking about what are the challenges of addressing crime. But you know what we've seen happen here in this city is that the politicians have created impediments and made decisions 
that have adversely impacted the public safety of citizens in this city. And the politicians, I think, have gotten in the way of law enforcement performing their duties to more effectively protect and serve the people of the city of New Orleans. So I'm talking about, you know, the police department's manpower crisis. Uh, we've been talking about this since 2020 when we started to see the trend of escalating attrition rates and declining recruitment rates. And every month as the numbers of officers dwindled, we saw the crime rate increase. And we talked about it in all of 2020 and 2021 and 2022. And it wasn't until this year that in large part because the public demand for uh, uh, more police officers that something was done about it, pay raises were issued uh, to the department, long overdue pay raises. Uh, and you know we have a new superintendent. The mayor initially pushed back on conducting a national search saying that a national search for the superintendent was disrespectful to the men and women of the police department. She indicated that she knew uh, what the police department needed. Uh, and um, earlier this year, the public voted to change the city charter, requiring that the city council confirm any department heads. The first department head uh, that uh, required confirmation was the, the new superintendent because of the departure of Sean Ferguson last December. So the mayor surprised everybody by announcing that her nominee was Ann Kirkpatrick, an outsider. So when the, when the vacancy was created, the mayor pushed back on the uh, national search concept and only because of public outcry, because of the public had voted to change the city charter, did the mayor relent and agree to engage the uh, International Association of Chiefs of Police to conduct the national search. And during that search process, you know, you had uh, Michelle Woodfork making comments that uh, she felt that she was a shoe-in, had already won the appointment. And I think that uh, the fact that as this national search uh, played out and the mayor got to interview some of the, the finalists for this, she recognized that um, Michelle Woodfork is a fine woman and was a good interim police chief, but the, the mission was not to just get the best local, but the best possible. And the mayor came to the conclusion that the best available police chief for the city of New Orleans was Ann Kirkpatrick. And she's been appointed. And since she's been here, I think the department uh, is under uh, the experienced hand of a proven police chief that's not learning on the job, has been a police chief for 20 years. And that's being demonstrated in everything that I'm observing with this. You know, you've had other issues like the mayor's uh, appetite for travel 
and all of the drama and, and, and hand-wringing about spending public funds on uh, international travel and the abuse of the Pontabla apartment, uh, the investigation by PIB into one of her security team members, Officer Jeffrey Vappi, whom it was confirmed that he was the only member of a four-member executive security team that was allowed in and out of the mayor's Pontabla apartment. Uh, and that investigation was also tarnished by controversy uh, by the fact that the city attorney's office uh, leaked out and disseminated all of the taped recorded statements of all of the officers that were interviewed in the VAPI investigation. That matter was the subject of a show cause hearing in federal court to require the city to come in and explain uh, why they were uh, not in compliance with the consent decree after four days of testimony. The judge concluded that the city had failed to meet its burden of proof, said that the department, the police department, particularly the Public Integrity Bureau, was in violation of the consent decree, that that investigation was not handled in conformity with the consent decree, and there were special considerations and treatment uh, 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 administered uh, by the police department and the city attorney's office. So those are just a few of the things that we've had to battle so far this year. And they've really distracted the resources of the police department, our political leadership, and caused uh, the public, I think, to question uh, the leadership of the mayor and at times some of the city council. So I think that, um, you know, what we're ending the year at uh, on is from a crime standpoint, people want to know whether crime is up or down, and it's down, particularly in the most serious category, violent crime, substantially so far this year versus last year. That's a positive, and it just makes me wonder if we hadn't had all of these side issues, all of this drama, if the political leadership had stepped up and did in 2021, 2022, uh, in the form of raises and recognizing that uh, the police department's uh, numbers, as the numbers of officers went down, crime rate was going up and started to create uh, a sense of urgency and awarding additional resources and raises to officers, our crime wouldn't have uh, escalated to the point that it did in 2022 and would be in a better place uh, today than we were, uh, w would have been if uh, it, those uh, warning signs had not been ignored by the police department. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. by, by the city officials. Yeah. yeah. Rafi, uh, let's uh, uh, fast forward a little bit here. You served on, an, uh, I think, one or two of the transition committees for Governor-elect Jeff Landry. Um, I think you, you had your last meetings last week, and, and now everyone's developing uh, and reporting out of that work. Uh, for me, this seems like a real uh, pivot, uh, defining moment for the city as to how receptive they're going to be to working 
with a Republican administration, a Republican governor coming in and trying to uh, work through these issues. Um, what are your thoughts about that? Okay, well, I served on the state public safety crime panel. I was not uh, a member of the New Orleans uh, um, panel that the governor-elect appointed. But what I can say about that is that uh, a couple of weeks ago, the governor announced his appointments for the head of the state police, Louisiana National Guard, and the Louisiana Fire Marshal. That public uh, announcement was conducted in the Superdome. So that was statewide appointments that the governor strategically selected the city of New Orleans to conduct that press conference in, in a city that he did not carry uh, the majority of the votes in his in the general primary. So him conducting that press conference in the city of New Orleans, I think, was an indication that even though he didn't carry the majority of the, the voters in Orleans Parish, he was acknowledging that he realizes how important public safety is in the city of New Orleans. And even though uh, he didn't win the electorate in the city of New Orleans, he's going to be the governor, even for the people that didn't vote for him. So I think uh, that was, I think, a very uh, uh, obvious message that he was sending, that he's not going to forget the city of New Orleans, not going to leave them behind. And then he pulled a, a little surprise maneuver in that he used that press conference to announce that the attorney general's office, and he's still the attorney general, had entered into an agreement with the district attorney uh, to, for the district attorney to accept his offer to provide prosecutorial assistance uh, with respect to uh, violent crime in the city. So um, Jason Williams was introduced, and he, you know, acknowledged that he had accepted the offer and was inviting the assistance of the attorney general's office in. That was significant on a political as well as, I believe, a public safety basis. So the political aspects are you have a governor uh, that is a Republican and a district attorney that is a Democrat. Uh, agreeing to work together, putting aside their philosophical political differences for public safety purposes and what's in the best interest of the people of Louisiana. So under Louisiana law, the DA did not have to accept the offer of the Attorney General's office for prosecutors to assist with violent crime in the city. Um, so the fact that the Democratic DA accepted that is, I think, an acknowledgement that uh, Jason Williams recognizes that just as the police department doesn't have enough officers to police the city, he doesn't have enough prosecutors to try all of the cases and handle all of the violent crime cases that are pending in that court right now. You've seen over the past two years, Jason Williams, the DA, try a number of homicide cases. He's tried more cases in his uh, two plus years as DA than 
any of the DAs uh, combined going back to Harry Connick's era. So every time he's trying a case is you know, an indication that he believes that he's the most qualified person in, in his office to try that case. He wasn't elected to try cases. He was elected to manage that office. So when he's trying cases, that's an indication that he has some holes in his staff, and he's trying to fill those holes with the agreement that was confected with the attorney general's office. That's a positive sign for the city. That's a recognition that Jason Williams is migrating from some of his campaign positions into a more moderate uh, uh, position where he recognizes that some of his uh, campaign pledges didn't produce the desired results from a public safety perspective. And during his three years, uh, soon to be three years uh, as DA, he's going to start his third year in January, uh, he has changed a number of his platform positions from never using the habitual offender statute, never transferring juvenile violent offenders to adult court, uh, never using material witness warrants, never advocating for high bail for violent offenders. All of those positions have been reversed now. And you're seeing him, I think, uh, grow into and mature and understand the responsibilities of that office. Uh, so there's a number of positive things that are playing out right now. And, you know, we were talking about the governor and this agreement with the DA, but that also means that we're going to see a different presence of the state police in the city. People think of the state police coming here, you know, in the way that they've supported the city previously for special events like Mardi Gras and uh, Jazz Fest and some of the other festivals and Super Bowls and, you know, sporting events and things like that. But the fact that the Attorney General's office is engaging and committing experienced prosecutors to try cases, and they're going to handle cases made by the state police, the state police and the Attorney General are not interested in making low-level felony or misdemeanor cases. They're going to focus on violent crime. So that, that means that the state police are going to beef up their presence here, that means that they're going to have to be embedded within the NOPD, and that means that their federal partners will be embedded within the NOPD to assist in identifying the people that are responsible for violent crime in and around the New Orleans area. And those resources now are going to be deployed uh, to assist the NOPD and the New Orleans District Attorney's Office handle uh, the arrests that are being made and the arrests that will be made to enhance the capabilities of the system to hold violent and repeat offenders accountable. Let's uh, talk more about how the state police will uh, present itself in, in here. We're hearing that uh, there's an appetite uh, by the governor-elect to do so. Got to get to a break. We're visiting with Raphael Goyaneci, president of the Metropolitan Crime Commission. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We are featuring Benny Grunch in a bunch tonight. Today, excuse me, Tan Trung released his uh, podcast where he interviews uh, Benny Grunch. You definitely want to check it out. It is very entertaining. We talked to Tan earlier in the show. And I just want to remind folks that we'll have Santa Claus on tomorrow for three hours. We'd love to have your kids call in and talk about who's naughty, who's nice, what they want from uh, for Christmas this year. It's always a lot of fun. A lot of folks text in and say it's their favorite show of the year. I would agree. Uh, you know, it's uh, with with all due respect to my present guest, Raphael going at you, but Raphael, you just don't you just don't match up to Santa Claus. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. Look, I'm a grandfather, and uh, I just got back from visiting my my five year old's Christmas play, and uh, I I wouldn't trade that. I wouldn't even try and compete with with uh, you know, children in, in Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, I knew you were a smart man. <laughs> Rafi, I want to lay something out. There's a, there's a lot of discussion going on as to um, the level of the commitment of Governor-elect uh, Jeff Landry, which I believe to be very strong. But the execution of same, I think, is going to be critical. And I'm one that always thinks about the long term as opposed to the short to midterm. And if we're going to create a new troop here, I, I firmly believe in order to maintain uh, that long-term commitment, they have to own something. There needs to be, I believe, a piece of geography that they are responsible for that is not so easily abandoned in a time of budgetary constraints or otherwise, because um, I understand how this political process works. And I don't know that a lot of folks are thinking on that level about this. But if you created a new troop, and let's just say you gave them the French Quarter for argument's sake, you get an organization, you allow them to provide first responder services to that defined geographic area. It allows reassignment of the existing personnel to other districts, roughly about 60 people, um, you know, which helps with the human capital staffing uh, issue that we have, that we know that we're going to have for at least another five years, if not more. It reduces the need for promotions, 
stabilizing the numbers that you have of frontline officers because you would be transferring rank out as well. It would slow that process down, which gives you the opportunity to breathe as you're trying to pump numbers through uh, the training academy. Uh, and I just think it creates a much more stable formula to moving through this transitional process of uh, ultimately getting to the numbers that we need to get. But I think this is a challenge in law enforcement that's not going to go away uh, anytime soon. I hear the logic of of what you're saying, but I think that, uh, and and you, you probably focused on this more than me, but I'm not aware of any other troop that owns a piece of the parish that, you know, they're policing, uh, you know, in their territory. And I think that if you carve out the French Quarter and, say, the central business for the state police, I think you are not maximizing what I would hope would be uh, what the state police would bring to New Orleans. Because... Essentially, if the state police are going to be responsible for the 8th District, which is the French Quarter area and the CBD, then that means that they're going to be doing that, and they're not going to be working as closely with the NOPD as I would think that uh, they will under what I would like to see happen, what I believe is going to happen. So go back to the governor's press conference when he announced the working arrangement with the district attorney's office. It was disclosed that uh, the attorney general's office was going to handle cases that were made by the state police. So crime as we know it is citywide. And the two most problematic areas of the city are going to be the 7th District and probably the the 6th District. Uh, And so if crime can be reduced in the 7th and in the 6th District, I believe that those two districts are responsible for uh, 50% of the homicides that we've had so far this year or close to it. And I don't mean to be rude. I don't mean to be rude, but let me make this comment and, and, and you answer it in the context that, that what would you rather seasoned NOPD officers moving to the 6th and the 7th or state troopers and that's the point that I'm trying to make I, I, I recognize exactly where this has to happen mm-hmm. but it would seem to me that you had you would have no learning curve you would have no issues you would have um, you know, uh, you wouldn't be facing the problems with a consent decree of who did what, when, why, and how, who's under, who's not under, because trust me, that issue is coming uh, as it relates to that. Uh, and if I had to flip the coin, I'd rather have the the folks that are within that organization with the institutional knowledge, working in the sixth, working in the seventh, side by side with people that they know, they they've grown up with in the organization uh, and I think they would be more effective immediately as opposed uh, you know as opposed to giving you know and, and if you allow the state police to mark make their own mark in in the French Quarter or, or some other piece of geography um, that's that's the whole context of what I'm thinking 
is you you got to put more people where these problems are. If they know well, they, they know those areas. There's no learning curve for these guys that you would move from downtown to the sixth and the seventh. So you need to be thinking in terms. This is going to be supposedly it's going to be a permanent troop. So the state police are permanently going to be embedded in Troop N, which is going to be the city of New Orleans. Crime in the city of New Orleans is worse in other parts of town than it is in the French Quarter. The state police, I believe, in my opinion, should not be anchored to a specific district. They should be able to be strategically deployed to assist in augmenting the public safety capabilities of the police department. So if the state police are going to be citywide, and the NOPD, of course, is responsible for citywide, it's going to force the state police and encourage the state police and the NOPD to be cooperating with one one another rather than silos. So if you just give the state police one area and say, you go take care of this and we'll take care of the rest of it, you're not facilitating, I believe, uh, the level of cooperation, communication, and coordination that I think that if the state police are given the general assignment of assisting the police department and reducing crime throughout the city of New Orleans, that they can reduce crime in some of the hot spots, that's going to impact public safety, not just in those hot spots, not just in those districts, but citywide. Some of the crime that's being perpetrated in the French Quarter are by people that go into the French Quarter from the 7th, from the 6th. So if you can arrest them and identify them uh, for offenses committed in the 7th District, that means that they're not going to other parts of town to commit crimes, including the French Quarter and all this. None of this, I think, has been decided. It's going to be assessed. But I think we need to be thinking of this in terms of not just what's going to be immediate, and we can transition from the the transitional plan right now into the permanent unit, because when the governor's sworn in, he's not going to be able to flip a switch and create no. a troop in. They have to hire no. people. They need to, to build it up. So I think that the process that's in place right now is looking at trying to assist crime throughout the city of New Orleans, how it's going to actually look like remains to be seen. But I personally would like to see the state police not be tied to one specific area, but be able to work with the police department to be deployed to address crime citywide. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll continue to disagree. Uh, That's having worked Having worked operationally with NOPD for a number of years, that doesn't work very well. It, it sounds great in theory, but in practice and in operation, it has never worked well. And I think if you talk to most leaders in, in the metropolitan area that have engaged in task forces and stuff like that, it doesn't, it doesn't bode well ever. And, you know, the, there's just too many cultural differences and institutional differences between the organizations. Um, and the training's different. A whole lot is different. It's hard to bring those folks together. It, it kind of reminds me of a non-union union shop trying to meld those together and, and create a new culture. It doesn't work. 
it, it, it fails more than it, than it succeeds. And there's yeah, comfort, I... there's comfort with an institution. Um, and if you look around the country where this has been tried of outsourcing uh, to other agencies, um, and I interacted with those folks a lot when I was in the uh, major county uh, chiefs, Association as well as the National Sheriffs Association because it was typically sheriffs who the uh, was the municipalities were outsourcing to. It was all about geographic specific activities and giving them a piece of geography because it worked better. They had tried it in any number of uh, mutations of this thought process, but it just it never worked really well. Uh, and well, it's you're just, the cop, you know, and I'm the former prosecutor. You may very well be right. Uh, you know, I've been married for 43 years. I'm used to being wrong. So <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm right there with you, baby. So we. So we'll see how this plays out. Yeah. Uh, although you've been married just a, you know about 12 years longer than me, so. <laughs> Yep. I may be holding out on some front still that you're not <laughs> hard headed that way, I guess. We'll be right back. We're visiting with Raphael Goyadechi, president of the Metropolitan Crime Commission. Stay with us, folks. Welcome back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Back, folks, we're visiting with Raphael Goyaneci, president of the Metropolitan Crime Commission. I guess that was appropriate for our conversation, no, wasn't it? I'm that? telling you, I'm impressed with your producers. You need to give them a raise. I mean, they're they're really getting uh, uh, topic specific uh, Christmas jingles. So that's that's take great. a bow, Coleman. Take a bow, my friend. I appreciate it. Thank you, Mr. Goyaneci. <laughs> um, 
Rafi, uh, there's a case uh, that's been uh, reported in the paper of the former model, Dean Kelly, who actually tried to pay a fellow inmate in jail to kill um, former District Attorney Canizara, City Councilman Jason Williams, um, who was one time Kelly's attorney, criminal district court judge Tracy Fe- Fleming's Devalier, uh, uh, and uh, he pled no contest, uh, which he didn't admit guilt, but he ultimately received a sentence for saying he's back in jail. And he was released the other day, uh, and there was seemed to be some uh, inability to connect dots. Uh, I know you looked into this. Where are we, and how do we cure right. this situation? So, so the case that you cited, so he was convicted and given probation for sex offenses in 2016. And he violated the conditions of his probation. So the judge remanded him to serve his 10-year suspended sentence. While he was in the state institution, the authorities uncovered a uh, plan that he was hatching where he actually offered uh, uh, someone uh, cash and cars and a boat and a motorcycle to kill the DA, which was at the time Leon Canizero, his defense attorney, which at the time was Jason Williams, who was a city council member at the time, and the judge that sentenced him to 10 years. So he ended up serving his 10 years, was released sometime in 2022, and um, apparently he didn't learn anything from that because in December of this year he was arrested on a variety of sex offenses. And because he was a repeat offender, his bail was set at $1.1 million. And he posted a cash surety bond, a cash bond of $1.1 million. His mother put up $1.1 million. And he was released on pretrial custody. Now, the conditions imposed by the magistrate commissioner at that time was if he makes bond, he has to be on an electronic monitor. He also was confined to house arrest. He was also required to surrender his passport, uh, and he was told to stay away from the victim and not go on any dating apps or have access to the Internet. So there was some controversy because when he was released on bail, no one had determined if he still had uh, a valid passport. And the sheriff's office said, we're only responsible for taking uh, custody of items that the offender had at the time of his arrest. But the, the court order said that He's only to be released if he surrenders his passport. Now, if he doesn't have a passport, uh, the sheriff's office could ask him, and he could say, I don't have a passport, but he's not proven to be particularly honest in the past. Yeah. yeah. So really, all the sheriff's office needed to do was to place a call to federal officials that took 10 minutes or less to determine if he had a passport. Instead, the sheriff said, well, that wasn't our job. We didn't need to do that, and that's someone else's responsibility. But it very much sounded like a condition precedent to me. that you know, Exactly. You make, you make bond, right? But that, that making bond is not the equivalent of getting out of jail. So you've posted 
the surety, whatever it is. And at that point in time, if that happens, that's the condition, you need to do what's next and produce it. So somebody so ought to be taking the guy to the court to produce it. But anyway, so the, so I don't wait, uh, Rafi, I don't mean to be rude, but we have completely run out of time. I lost sight of the clock. Uh, okay. I really appreciate you joining us today, and we always enjoy um, having this conversation with you. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year's to you and your family, and thank you so much for joining us throughout this year. Uh, you've really brought a lot to the forefront and, and a lot for people to think about, and I think you put things in a in a context that they truly appreciate it. I, I hear it every day. Thank you for the uh, kind words. Uh, best to you and family and to your audience. Merry Christmas. Thank you, sir. We'll be right back. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.